Welcome to Unapologetically Me, where we help you own who you are while giving you tips to achieve ultimate mental health. I'm your host, Boomer Peralt. What's up, guys? So today's episode is an intense one. I had the pleasure of speaking with Lisa Edwards, who opens up about her past traumatic relationship and shares how it broke her down emotionally and how she was able to not only build back up, but grow a lot stronger from that experience to be able to now have a successful relationship but her her story is uh it's intense so uh, i'm not going to give too much away i just want you guys to hear it from her and yeah let's get into it my story starts um in the summer of 2014 and uh i was in this uh, great relationship I thought was a great relationship. Um, We've been together for six years at that point. And he was this great guy. Um, My family and my friends, they really adored him. My son really adored him. Um, He'd never said anything um, bad towards me or anything. And one day he was late home from work and we ended up having a bit of a row um, because he regularly was quite late. And... um, At the time, there was a lot of stress going on. Um, There was somebody from his work, this female colleague of his his from his work, who'd been sending me messages through Facebook, some really nasty, nasty messages. She was this very attractive woman saying that I wasn't good enough for him and that he deserved somebody better, such as her. So, of course, there was a lot of tension at the time and he came home and we were arguing and um, he just put his head in his hands and he'd said that... um, He'd had some bad news, but he'd been diagnosed with a brain tumour. And it was a really warm summer's day. And I remember I just felt suddenly cold, completely cold. Um, He was 34 at the time. And I remember just these thoughts going through my head that, you know, we'd been planning this wedding. We'd been talking about marriage. And there there I was. I I might have been having to sort of organise a funeral instead. Um, so, you know, time, time went on and, um, I th- well, I think it was a couple of weeks actually um, after, after he told me and he, his behaviour started changing actually and uh, he started behaving differently and one day he just barged into the bathroom and he put his hands um, down in the bath really quite aggressively between my legs um, which was very uncharacteristic of him. And when I got out of the bathroom and I went into the bedroom, he was waiting for me and um, uh, he wrestled me down onto the bed and he raped me. And it was so shocking and I was trying to fight him off, but I was so scared of pushing him too hard. Um, If I pushed him down onto the ground and he fell backwards and he hit his head, I was worried that 
maybe it would do some more damage and because of the brain tumor that you know it might have even worse effect on him so it's quite ironic that whilst he was doing this to me um, I was still concerned for his welfare obviously I was shocked and devastated and disgusted and uh, I just couldn't believe what happened I did throw him out um, and then a couple of days later he was banging at the door and begging for my forgiveness and saying that he was scared and confused and he was scared about dying and you know, I, I, I forgave him. I, I thought I'd, I put it down to perhaps this the brain tumor had altered his cognitive functioning and, and, and obviously this fear had affected him. So I took him back and I said, that's OK, I'll, I'll, as long as you let me look after you and I'll, I'll come to the hospital appointments. But I, I could never seem to make it to the hospital appointments and um, he was the ch times have always been changed. And it was about two two months after them um, I started to, to get concerned um, and I was looking for a letter a hospital letter or some kind of appointment letter and I was standing in the bedroom what I found instead was a second phone of his that I'd never seen before and there was this moment of dread coming over me um, I knew it wasn't going to be good and I turned it on and I started to scroll through the messages. And the first message that I saw was uh, a picture message of a baby. And it said, um, do you want to come and meet your daughter or do you want to do a DNA test? And I felt absolutely sick to my stomach because I knew, I knew it wasn't a hoax. I knew it was true. The baby just looked exactly like him. It had been taken just a year, two years beforehand. And there was this slowly, slow realization over the coming days and weeks as I started using this, this phone to go through all the messages and, and the phone numbers. And I found out that he was, not only had he fathered this child with another woman, um, that he was in fact married. Um, and that this, workplace that he'd been this woman that had been trolling me and sending me all these abusive messages it was fake they were actually him um, he'd actually set up fake fake facebook accounts of colleagues that didn't actually exist because he never even worked where he told me he worked and it was shocking <laughs> overwhelming devastating my entire six-year relationship had been a complete lie from day one um, and and this woman that he'd told um, this woman that had, had got pregnant and he, he'd actually given her a fake name a false name and had basically disappeared when she found out she was pregnant um, he just left and changed his phone number um, and so yeah so it was it just completely turned my world upside down because I felt like a complete and utter fool and the humiliation was unbearable I just you know I, I truly believed I've been in this great relationship with a great person and and suddenly I couldn't even walk out of my own front door without feeling like the stairs and snickers behind me it was horrendous um uh, you obviously before we got on this had 
told me, uh, you know, the majority of that story uh, through text, but just hearing you say it, uh, I, I have goosebumps listening to that. It's uh, uh, it's it's just a, a terrible thing for someone to go through. Uh, if you don't mind, I have a few questions uh, sure. about it. Uh, f- first, do you know why he created the face the fake Facebooks to uh, attack you for, as someone that didn't exist? That is something I have questioned. I think that he he created a persona in front of me. It was kind of like, um, so face to face in order for me to believe everything that he was doing um, and for me to believe that he loved me. He was he was the epitome of the, the gentleman. He was always kind, he was always nice. He was always complimentary, but it's kind of like the only way he could be abusive was to kind of go around the back and, and, and do it in a different way. Um, by using somebody else it's almost like stroking my hair in front of me whilst kind of like slapping me from behind um in a way that i didn't realize was him so it's, it's his way of being um abusive and and getting away with it you know whilst being also the hero and trying to help me and and say how bad she was and he was going to sort it out um, you know lots of things that i i don't really you know I, maybe he's a sociopath that i really don't or maybe he just got a thrill out of getting away from you know getting away with it um it's it's something that's beyond me because i can't comprehend it i can't comprehend how anybody could lie about having a brain tumor um mm-hmm. it's very difficult to put yourself in the mind of, of somebody who clearly is kind of a bit disturbed um i, I don't really in answer to your question i I've, i don't really know uh i guess i will never know that truly but that's what I believe, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if he wasn't a, you know, diagnosed sociopath, uh, there's definitely some sort of mental illness going on uh, for him to do everything that he had done. For sure, for sure, yeah. Um, looking back, actually, it was almost like there was some weird clues like when we first got together he would say well you know if we had a a slight disagreement um the way he was apologetic was almost it's like he 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 over apologized he um he would say something i I remember one time he he said something i don't know what you know i'm I'm the worst boyfriend in the world Uh, my parents have done something to me i don't know what they've done to me they've done something to me and i thought it was very melodramatic for you know it was something very minor and i just thought you know i don't know what you're talking about but now looking back it was it's almost like he kind of realized he had a problem or maybe that's what he was talking about mm-hmm. uh, his mental mental state um disturbed state i don't know yeah, so once you found, you know, you, you found out everything that was going on, um, were you the one that ended the relationship? I'm sorry. I, I, I missed a bit of that actually for the connection. So oh, say it again. Were you the one that eventually ended that relationship? Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I wanted answers. Uh, I think initially I wanted answers. I, I mean, basically he, he left, I mean, I, I threw him out. There was no, I mean, he did come back at the door and I never, ever allowed him back in. Um, but I wanted answers. I, 
it was just this it, it's not like everything happened in one day it was kind of a over a, maybe a, a few weeks a month that everything started to you know fall in place the, the sort of extent of the lies because um, I think the last thing I I clung on to it was the fact that he was I still believed he was ill you know that was kind of because I couldn't comprehend that somebody would lie about that and so that was almost the last thing that I kind of realized he'd lied about and I did uh, sort of demand like look you need to meet me and we need to have a discussion and he did meet in it we we met up in a, in a bar you know in a cafe and in a public place and he just told me more lies you know because I, what kind of really looking back I, I think it was it was crazy because he was a liar but I, I wanted answers but at the end of the day a liar is never going to tell you the truth so it was a complete waste of time and he he did stalk me a bit I, I had to get some police involvement um because he did carry on stalking me and I think he thought that I would just go back to him but there's just no way absolutely no way no no I couldn't when you did decide to end it um were you scared at all scared I think the sensation the only way that I can describe that period um and what I was going through it's kind of like being at the bottom you know I don't know if when you're a kid and you're in the swimming pool and you do the kind of somersault in underwater and then sometimes you kind of lose your bearing a bit and you can't find the surface there's that moment sometimes when it's kind of like it goes a little bit wrong and you don't surface and you and you're kind of lying on the bottom looking up and it felt like that like I was spinning underwater and I didn't know what was the truth what was not the truth what was going on in my life you know what I could believe who I could believe I couldn't I couldn't even trust my own hands in front of my face it felt like I was I was in a coma or, oh you know it, my reality I couldn't trust my own reality and it was a very weird indescribable uh moment and time period in my life I, it's it's really hard to kind of uh, sort of put it into words exactly what I was going on. I think fear is fear of, yeah, fear was definitely a huge part of it because fear of that happening again to me was, was massively, was always in the forefront of my mind. Um, how could I ever move on from that? That fear that I would never get over it, that I would never be able to find or be happy with anybody else. So, so there certainly was a fear. Yeah. But also this, huge confusion this humiliation as well this overwhelming human and the shame of him um because I, I it's not until recently my family don't even know about the rape there's a lot of people that don't know about that because i found it so difficult to tell people um because of the the guilt the shame uh, and the humiliation that i allowed it to happen you know um yeah my, my next question was actually going to be what you in a way just answered it um from a mental aspect whether it's uh emotionally or just speaking directly on relationships what changed from before you got into that relationship to afterwards and obviously like you just said uh just trust in other people in a relationship but almost like a trust in yourself to find a new relationship seemed to be completely gone. 
yeah I just trust in anybody it, it, it's kind of like this I couldn't it almost felt like I couldn't trust anybody people it's like whatever they said to me I I, I had this I was over over analytical like anything that anybody would ever say to me even friends it was kind of like I felt like I couldn't trust anybody uh there was just this weird like were people laughing behind my back was you know um it, it, it was a really uh what was going through my mind was just I mean I was a shell of my former self I think um you know it taken me I met him when I was 34 and uh, I was a few years older than him and it taken me so long to build to get to that kind of um because I've always been quite an independent person it took me so long to build up that intimacy to be able to kind of really fall in love and and be happy with somebody and I really did love him um, it wasn't like a, a massive all oh, sweaty palms and massively in love but I did really deeply care for him and and I, I truly believed that we'd be together you know indefinitely forever um, and so after that just it sort of transported me almost back to to square one to you know the, the thought that I could ever love again or be with anybody again um yeah and and trust myself to to know if I could see a bad you know a good person from a bad person um my own judgment trust my own judgment yeah so once you eventually did uh get into that next relationship uh was there any type of recovery that was done between the two or did you go in as broken as <laughs> you left the other one yeah I, I was broken I think um I was bitter actually I, I think there was this bitterness I, I do remember my mom saying Lisa don't don't let it make you bitter and, and I was like no no and of course <laughs> that's exactly mm -hmm. what happened I ended up feeling quite angry I had a lot of anger still in me. It's, it's not something that's conscious. I mean, you're not really consciously aware of it. It's sort of looking back, I can see how I was. At the time, um, I was quite angry and bitter. And I, I entered this relationship, but it was kind of like I had to take control of everything. So I set the rules from the beginning. And it was my way of obviously controlling the anxiety. Um, was to be in control of everything and I was kind of like you're not going to meet my family you're not going to meet my son um, you know because my son would go to his father's every other weekend and I was like okay we can see we can see each other we should see each other on the weekends that my son is not here um, yeah you're not gonna we're not gonna meet up it's not gonna be a proper relationship you know it's just gonna be friendship and fun and, and company and um, but the thing was we had this I mean, he, he was great, actually. Bless him. He was fantastic. He was this amazing guy. He understood what I'd been through. He, he didn't know about the rape, but he, he knew, you know, I told him most things. And he was really patient, really understanding. Um, when we weren't together, which was obviously most of the time, he would take photos of, you know, where he was with his friends or if he was out or wherever, he was, even in the supermarket, you know, just to kind of just to, to reassure me, I guess. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he was constantly reassuring me. And we, ha and we had this amazing connection. Um, I, I really, really, really liked him, but I was, I don't know if you, you know, I, I turned into something or someone that I didn't really recognize. I was so 
scared of it happening to me again. I was so fear just led that relationship really. And um, I was constantly questioning everything. And it's almost like, I mean, I was looking for ways to catch him out and to trap him and trick him and, you know, uh, twist his words. And if he would say something nice to me, I was like, you've got to put, you know, words mean nothing and you must prove it to me. And um, it was, I'd kind of gone into that relationship almost expecting this guy to hit you know somebody it's somebody else's job to heal me and I think that's really my attitude was you know you somebody has to pay first of all it's somebody's fault um it's not me I'm just a victim and you know you, it's it's up to another guy to prove that not all men are bad and I think that was my um my wrong my 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 mindset which obviously is completely wrong. I didn't take any responsibility for my own healing. And inevitably, after I think like a, about a year, just over a year, we were together. And said, you know, when we were together, actually together with each other, it was fantastic. It's just when we were apart, there were just lots of arguments um, because of my mistrust. And he, he, he said, I can't, you know, I really, really care about you, but I just can't do it anymore. I just can't, you know, it was affecting his own mental health. And when we parted, he was actually hugging me and holding me. And it was so emotional, so, so emotional. And I was absolutely bawling my eyes out because here was this good guy. He'd not done anything wrong. And I still couldn't make it work, even with a good person. You know, it was almost like I was a massive, even bigger failure now. Um, and he was, yeah, I mean, but in that moment at the time, I didn't realize he taught me something right then and there that obviously I, I wasn't consciously aware of the time. He taught me about boundaries, about self-respect and about self-love right then and there by, by walking away because as much as he cared about me and he wanted to be with me, he knew that he couldn't in my, in my mental state um, and that I, I really had to go away and do my own healing. Um, which is something which, which when he walked away, and even though I was absolutely devastated, I knew that he was kind of doing me a favour by, by, by walking away. Um, so, yeah, so that was pretty much when I, I really hit rock bottom um, after that. Um, yeah, it's, I've been in a, you know, I never went through anything like you went through. Uh, but I've been in a sim similar situation where I was in a relationship and I just didn't trust people just because that, that's who I was. I, I didn't really uh, trust anyone. Um, and at the time when you don't, you don't realize how important it is not to just be trustworthy, but also to show trust in someone else in a relationship. And uh, I'm, of course, the only difference in my relationship and yours is uh, that guy, you know, was someone that was trustworthy. The person I was with was not, uh, which right. is a little different, but still even just not having that trust in someone causes so many problems. And like you said, at the time, um, you didn't necessarily realize it. Uh, you, you found that out afterwards, um, and all the stuff that he taught you. And that was the same thing with me. I realized that also. So, um, again, you say that relationship ended uh, and you hit your, your rock bottom. So what helped you, uh, you know, start to go back on the climb and get out of that dark spot? 
Yeah, I think, well, I think it was a combination. Um, I do believe that healing is quite a holistic um, process. So, um, I mean, I, I did end up quite ill, first of all, afterwards. Um, and then I ended up in the hospital and I was having various tests. I mean, I felt really, really physically unwell every single day. I had no energy. Um, I, I felt like I was in pain all the time. And then when I got to the hospital, I think it was about five months later, and they um, that's how long I'd been ill after, after we broke up. And they actually did all these tests and they said to me, um, there's, there's nothing, we can't find anything physio physiologically wrong with you. Um, it, it must be just stress. I mean, I was quite actually quite annoyed about that because I think, but I'm, I feel pretty ill. And, and I had to accept the fact that actually my mental state was affecting me physically as well. Uh, obviously this mind body connection. And I think at that point as well, because I have a, a son um, and as a single parent, I, I just thought, you know, I really have to get better. So I started um, doing, taking workshops and courses. Uh, the first one was like a weekend uh, NLP course. So neuro linguistic programming. Um, I don't know if you know it, um, but yeah, that was, it's all about behavioral change um and strategies and tools to to change your your sort of negative behaviors and and i, I did this weekend course and i got so much value out of it um that i went on to do like a, a seven day more intensive course um practitioner course and around the same time as well I, I joined a running club um as i started to get better because once i'd sort of made this decision to to do something mentally it sort of seemed to fit into place once I started was being proactive and I was actually doing something about it uh, and, and feeling a lot more positive than my physical and, and also the the doctors telling me that actually there's nothing wrong with you um was almost like you know I suppose it's that perceived you know you suddenly realize actually you're not dying and that you you know there's there's nothing wrong with you so therefore I started to feel physically better so I joined a run. I took the opportunity then to join a running group as well. Um, I started to make new friends. Um, uh, I also booked, um, I went to Machu Picchu. Uh, some uh, dream of mine that I'd always, I'd had for 10 years was to walk four days along the Inca Trek. Um, and I did that as well. That, that, that was a bit earlier though. Um, so I think I did, a, it was like a combination of things, um, but it was certainly at the, um when i was doing the nlp training and i made a connection that this this we had this fantastic mentor and he kind of really sort of helped you know the whole process was about um taking responsibility um and not being so i learned i think that the biggest aha moment um on the first training that i did was that i didn't have to be a victim I could I could be in the driving seat, you know. Um, although bad things had happened and I'd made bad choices, um, and I couldn't change that, I didn't now have to. It didn't mean I had to stay being a victim, you know. I didn't have to be a victim. I could change how I reacted to those things, you know. I could move forward in my life, um, and so that was a huge. It was it's, it was hugely empowering and liberating um, to realise I didn't have to be this oh this victim of abuse and domestic you know and, and distrustful all the time I could actually do something about it and move forward um, 
and then I, about six months later I did another course as well and I trained up in hypnosis and uh, timeline therapy as well and obviously the the process whilst we're training we're sort of practicing on each other so it's it's therapy um, really we're getting free therapy um, and so I think that this we ha I had the same mentor actually the trainer he was he was more than just a trainer he was in fact fantastic and um, he was I think I was moaning and talking about you know I started talking about all you know all my past and, and everything that all my ills and problems that had happened and and everything and he he reached into um he was sat right next to me and he was just listening to me and then he just reached into his pocket and he pulled out a packet of tissues and he put them on the table in front of me and he said i'm really sorry lisa but what do you hate about yourself and i just burst into tears and I'm just going to get really emotional. Okay. Um, because it was this huge, it was so cathartic, actually. It was, it's, it was so liberating that I realized that, you know, I'd been blaming everybody and and sort of portraying all this anger and, and hatred out out outwards and, and on my ex and you know my childhood and, and everybody else who'd wronged me and this brain tumor man and lying brain tumor man and um and actually it was myself that i hated that i didn't like and i didn't love um and i'd carried that with me my entire life and i suddenly kind of made this connection that when i looked back on my entire life i'd had the same behaviors and i'd either attracted the wrong kind of people or, or, or negative um, situations and experiences into my life because I'd felt like unworthy or undeserving or I'd sabotage the good things so like this this guy if anybody came tried to get close to me or anything and I would sabotage that and it was an unconscious thing it's not something I was consciously aware of but it suddenly became I suddenly became aware of it in that moment and it was hugely liberating because then I realized that actually it wasn't really, you know, happiness and success is not about what happens outside. It's, it's, it's inside, it's in our minds and it's how we feel about ourselves. And I kind of realized, you know, in order to be happy in love, um, in a new relationship, I actually had to have a good relationship with myself first. Um, and, and that's when I, I said, right, you know, it's not, happiness is not based on you know um my own value and self-worth is not based on how other people see me or or a relationship if somebody loves me and likes me it's it's based on how i see myself um and so i had to really sort of dig deep and start working on my own internal dialogue um and just be single for a while which is what i did um so that's that's really when i think half the battle is knowing what the issue what it, what it is that you need to change and then that's that's half half the battle won, if you like, and then you can move forward from there. How long ago was that breakthrough, if you want to call it that? Um, about three, three, four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. So not 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 that long actually. Yeah. So really, you know, that's like forty odd years of my life that I've been uh, this self-loathing and and without even realizing it and just sabotaging lots of things i mean i had some success in my life it's not that i didn't have any success it's just 
I couldn't keep hold of it. It's like trying to, you know, collect water with a sieve. You know, I just couldn't keep hold of all the good things that came into my life, you know, and, and then I would attract also the bad things. Do you still practice self-healing techniques and try to learn uh, new things to help yourself? Absolutely. I think um, the thing about, it's like all relationships, isn't it? Uh, all relationships require work. I mean, you don't just get married or have a partner and then go, you know, that's it and you don't make any effort. And I think the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important and therefore requires even more work. It's, it's, it's an ongoing daily thing because I think we are our own worst critics, aren't we really? Um, and there's that constant sort of negative self-critical voice in our head sometimes that tells us you know maybe it's from the past or wherever it comes from tells us that we're not good enough so we have to be on top of that all the time and so yeah it's a daily it's a daily thing it's not like um oh yes i love myself and it's all wonderful uh, it's it's a daily a daily process yeah so i'm always i'm still learning and i'm still learning about my own capabilities as well um and i think i think that's that's the wonderful thing about life is that we're constantly evolving and growing and we can continue to learn and better ourselves every day but but whilst bettering ourselves we can still be happy with who we are now you know it, it's not like um I'm, i have to learn this before i can love myself or be accepting of who i am no you can still love yourself now at the bottom of the mountain before you reach the top if you like um and that's my philosophy anyway. No, I, I agree. It's uh, one of my favorite quotes, which is kind of summing that all up is proud, but never satisfied. So, you know, you can like who you are and just love life where you are now, but that doesn't mean you should be complacent. No, and, uh, yeah, that, that is, the, that is the beauty of life. Like you said, is we at least can maybe not are cause some people don't, but um, we have the ability to continue to grow and get better in every area of life. And uh, to me, that gives life just um, a purpose 24-7. Uh, so you can always be inspired and motivated to continue living. Um, yeah. But at what point did you either know or at least feel like you were ready to start dating again um hmm. i think what point did i know i think that because i'd started the practice of i just felt this calm when i stopped because i think before before my training before my own healing process i think that i was always upset um I felt like I was, you know, every little thing I was quite um, angry and sometimes I didn't want to get out of bed, you know, I would have to force myself to get out of bed. Um, and then I think just gradually, um, I just felt more a sense of calm, um, a sense of self, I guess, a, self, a sense of, uh, I, I can't really say it's, it's a particular day. I didn't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm ready now. But I just felt like I had enough value. I valued myself um, and that I had something to give. But I, I actually, no, you just reminded me that I, 
I actually wrote down all my values um, of what I would value in a relationship. Um, and I think those are values that I value about myself as well. Um, and I think I, I became clear about my values. And I think that when you realize, so that, that's also part of the process of self-love and self-acceptance and self-compassion, um, was that I actually realized that, you know, I valued myself and therefore I was able then, and because I love myself, I was able and ready to be loved by somebody else or by at least to you know to start dating again I mean obviously not you know you don't fall in love on the first date usually um so yeah so it, it was more a process of, of going through the values um eliciting my own values and then realizing that I was worthy myself um I love myself and, and worthy to be loved as well and um did I read it correctly that you are now back together with that guy that you were uh, in that relationship with? The second one? Yes, yeah, yeah. Not the first one, yeah. The second yeah. one, the good guy. <laughs> yeah, it's quite important to, to say that it was the, the good guy. Um, yeah, it just happened that uh, it wasn't um, our paths crossed and we just met up for coffee and things just progressed and um it wasn't something that we'd you know we had definitely split up and it had been about 20 almost two years uh that we'd been apart because that's kind of really how long it took me um so i didn't have any relationships between in in that period of time that's when i just really worked on myself and it wasn't with the aim of, of getting back with him it just happened that way um and so yeah so we've been together ever since that was was that january 2018 yeah yeah beginning of january 2018 so just over two years back together sounds like a happy ending to a good love movie <laughs> yeah it's, it's not like we've written off it i mean it still requires work but yeah, yeah. yeah we're definitely definitely in a better place yeah definitely in a better place yeah. um yeah that's good but uh just to get into the last few questions sure um you're now you do stuff with hypnotherapy, uh, some speaking stuff, uh, just other types of therapy. That's all comes from your past experiences and wanting to help people. Uh, is that uh, fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was so powerful for me, so life-changing. And, and I was, you know, it felt like I was quite, it was quite natural for me to to progress to to actually want to help others um so yeah so and also i think there's a lot of healing in helping helping others is also it's a great healing because it it sort of makes you grateful and and it's a great anchor i think uh, when you help other people um yeah so yeah it was it's so powerful for me that i just wanted to share it i guess yeah yeah, that's good. That's been a theme of, and I've said this multiple times, but a lot of the guests I've had on, uh, yeah. if they've dealt with something in the past and then whether they did something specific to help them or uh, whenever they are healed, the field of profession they choose to go into is to help people that have experienced uh, what they have in the past. So 
Uh, I think that's awesome that that's what you're doing now. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because you don't really see it as, because uh, I've not really shared my story very often. Uh, it's quite recent. I've been, uh, I don't think I was really ready to share it and, and I never before saw it as inspirational. Um, but actually, I've realized that sometimes sharing your story, if sharing your story uh, can help somebody else, then, you know, to move forward, then absolutely, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're comfortable with it, um, I think there's more people than you might even realize that can benefit from hearing your story uh, and are dealing with or have dealt with a very similar situation. So I think you can help a lot of people just, um, like I said, uh, sharing what you have to share. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so for someone that is first starting on their own self-healing or growth journey, what is one practical tip you can give to them to help them get started? To get started, um, I would say the first thing is to set a specific goal um, so you know what you're working towards and write it down, write that specific goal down. So if you uh, wanted to feel more confident, um, uh, for example, you know, you, you talk about, hello? I'm here. Oh, sorry. It's frozen. The screen was frozen. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I would say to, to write down a specific goal, um, and be quite specific in your goal, what your outcome you want to be. If it's um, having more, you know, overcoming social anxiety, just uh, write it in, in as if it's happened already. So you'd write a specific date of when you want to achieve this goal by, and write it in the present tense. You know, I'm um, I'm feeling great around other people. Um, people love what I have to say, uh, listening to me, I'm feeling confident, whatever, in the present tense as if it's happening, happening now. And spend some time visualizing and actually being completely in that moment. So um, just sit down, completely relax, relax your whole body and actually get it, be in that scene, you know, that you have the outcome of whatever it is, your goal, what you're working towards. And actually live it, live that goal um, and really just turn up the colors, turn up the sounds, make it as real as possible. You know, see through your own eyes, see what you see, hear what you hear, um, how you're dressed, how you're standing, how you're feeling, um, really amplify it. And then and then sort of just keep that in mind and then step out of yourself and then um, you will work, naturally work towards that goal, specifically when you're you know, you're very quite specific about what it is you want to achieve. I think setting goals is very important, but you can start with small goals. It doesn't have to be a huge, huge thing. And then once you've got to that point, you know, you set a new goal. If anyone has any questions for you, um, and of course, if you're comfortable with it, uh, where would they be able to reach you? And if you have any websites or anything else you want to plug, uh, plug it all right now. Oh, right. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I, I can give you the links and then you can put them under the episode if that's easier. Yep. Um, um, perhaps I'll do that before if I, um, yeah, so I'll, 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 you know, if they want to 
uh, connect with me I'll, I'll provide all the links and then you can just put them in in the episode that okay. might make it easier yeah yeah, yeah um, that works yeah okay <laughs> yeah, i'm on social media and uh and i do have a website that i'm updating at the moment but yeah there okay. are, I'll, I'll provide the links awesome well uh yeah i just want to say before we end this uh i really like i said uh your story is both very inspirational and i think can positively impact uh, many many people so i am very happy that you are willing to share it uh, specifically with with me on this podcast and uh, i really enjoyed chatting with you today thank you very much Bima. thank you for having me it's been a pleasure Hey, real quick, before you go, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave us some feedback. Let me know what you loved, what you hated, or just come and say what's up. If you have any interest on being on the show or any questions at all, you can hit me up on Instagram at underscore one a week. And with that, be kind, be positive, be great. We out.